Hi, I'm Nicole Haney. I'm a business coach who helps goal-driven business owners build the life and business of their dreams. In this podcast, I share tactical advice on building your business, mindset tips, and inspiring interviews to help you build your business and change your life. This is the Goals and Gratitude Podcast. Hi, Jenna. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, Just to start out, I guess, for people who don't know you, like I want to hear about your entrepreneurial story. Like how did you get into entrepreneurship in the first place? Take us all the way back and tell us about it. Oh, that's great. I hope I can remember. Um, Thank you, Nicole, for having me. I'm really excited to have this chat with you. Um, My entrepreneurship journey really started on the playground. I remember making like gift bracelets, um, embroidery thread bracelets. Um, I remember always thinking of like things that I could give or serve or create for people. And for me, it never really was about money because I was a kid. So I was always thinking about like, what's something that like can can be birthed from me. Um, And I think that just made me realize that like I can create my own opportunities for work um, as I got older and I needed something like that. Um, in high school, I was a part of junior achievement. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's a group of high school students from different schools that come together and they form a real business and we buy shares and we have a board of directors and we run a real business over, I think, 12 weeks. And I did that a couple years in a row and it just continued to like elevate this part of my mind, which was like, um, you can create something out of nothing by just having an idea and figuring out how to do it. And so I've always just been really motivated by that. Um, I find business really exciting. Um, I love the people in the world of business, especially entrepreneurs who just take that leap outside of the box. Um, My trajectory of life has been a little bit um, unconventional. I did drop out of high school when I was in grade 10 or 11 um, and didn't go to university until I was in my mid-20s. Um, and then I did a master's and, and all those things. And then I found myself back in entrepreneurship. Um, I opened, I would say like my first formal business uh, about 10, 12 years ago called The Hive London. And it was a community co-working space. Co-working wasn't really a word at the time, um, but that's what it was. It was a space where we all shared the costs and um, the value of being together and working on our businesses separately. Um, So that was a a big part of uh, my exposure to other businesses as well, like in a lot of different worlds that I never even knew were businesses. (laughs) Um, I didn't know what a doula was. I didn't know there was just all these different um, ways that people were showing up, especially women, uh, to serve the world and to share their talents and their gifts. And I just I just loved it. So that went on for about 10 years until the pandemic. Kind of um, parallel to that, I started coaching so um for about 10 years i mean i still do a little bit on the side for fun but um i trained uh, certified coaches throughout north america um and at the same time coached small business owners um individuals on like life and personal issues and um throughout that i sort of had a lot of sprinkling of like different like event ideas and and one-time projects and things like that so i would say like i i'm very much an entrepreneur um 
being a business owner is something that I constantly work on because I do feel like they're very different. Um, and that's where I find myself today in conversation with you as the business owner of Cafetia. Um, So do you want me to kind of go into how that came to be? Yeah, please. Please okay. do tell me. Yeah, for sure. Like, how did you transition from like having the hive and being mm -hmm. a coach into like the world of coffee? Yeah. Yeah. So up until Cafetia, um, I didn't drink coffee. Uh, traditional coffee gives me like the jitters. It makes me feel really uncomfortable in my body. Um, and uh, in 2019, I uh, just bumped into this wonderful woman at a local restaurant and she was like, Hey, I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, cool. What do you do? And it was Natalie. And she was the owner of Capetia. Um, she told me about her coffee. And at the time I had a show uh, on like a local station where we interviewed people in the community. And so I had her on my show to talk about this coffee. And I thought, huh, I feel like we're friends now. I should probably try this coffee. <laughs> and so uh, me and another girlfriend tried it like in the safety of our home because we both were worried about having like panic attacks. And um, I felt amazing. And I was like, this product is fantastic. So Natalie and I became like really quick friends. Um, I loved the product. And um, about a year and a half ago, she was sort of transitioning into a different area of her life and said she was going to sell the business. And at the time, I couldn't run the hive because of the pandemic. I couldn't travel. I couldn't do public speaking. I couldn't do workshops because of the pandemic. And I was going stir crazy. Um, and I thought, I know, I know nothing about a food product. I've never sold a product. Like this would keep me really busy. Like the learning aspect of this will keep me entertained and busy. So um, I bought I bought the business off of Natalie in uh, I think it was March of 2020. And here I find myself um, in an industry where I knew nothing about with a product I never had a lot of experience with. I would never have called myself like a coffee snob. I still don't. Um, but what's fantastic is uh, the product itself really aligns with everything I'm about, which is um, just a little bit of info on Cafetia. So it's, it's real coffee that's been infused with herbs. And what the herbs do is they slow the release of caffeine. So instead of getting all of the caffeine uptake at once, it's sort of like a slow drip. So you get clarity, you get focus, you get joy, but it doesn't overwhelm your nervous system or your heart. And it's really low in acidity. So it doesn't cause like gut rot or heartburn or anything like that. So um, so from like a, a value standpoint, it's all about, you know, going slower, being intentional, um, having these moments of, of pause and clarity and focus. And the more I started to look at coffee and its history, I was like, this is, this is the human story. The human story happened over coffee in cultures all over the world. And at this point in our journey together, we need like connection and community and good conversation at like more than ever. And so it just really felt from like a, a value mission standpoint, like this is my product. This is going to, this is going to help me share the words and the values that matter to me. Um, to make a difference in the world. Yeah. That's incredible. It's, I feel like it's so um, unique and fantastic that you've been able to take like a physical product and give it more meaning than that product has in and of itself, right? Like that whole community piece, the slowing down, the being more intentional about your life. Like I know because we've been friends for quite a while. Like I know that that's what you stand for. And so I think it's really cool that you've been able to take that physical product and like really infuse 
yourself and your actual like values into that brand and like try to, I guess, disseminate that message like a lot further across the world. And so I guess that is the next question I have for you is, you know, the food industry, obviously I know coming from the Mm -hmm. food industry, how insane that industry is. Like it's nuts. It's very fast paced. It's very, very challenging in so many different ways. So how do you, um, slow down and how do you be intentional in such a crazy industry? Yeah. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, how we sort of like switched lifestyles when it comes to entrepreneurship because with um coaching it's just even from like a like a cash flow business like it's very different like the to sell coffee you have to sell hundreds of bags like just hundreds and thousands of bags to make a product like a profit but also to pay myself like like I'm not at the point where like I'm pulling a salary and um that's a real mental shift coming from something where you just get a few more clients if you need it. Like there's, it's a very like more direct, um, whereas this is a very long game and, um, yes, it's still relationships. Um, but I'm in a sea of a product, like in one way, it's great. Everyone knows what coffee is, but I'm like the new coffee and I'm trying to, um, get people to explore like a different way of having coffee and paying a little bit of a premium price for like a better quality product. And at a time where everyone's you know, grocery bill is going up. Um, and so, you know, uh, I forget your question. <laughs> That's all right. I do. I honestly do this all the time too. When I start yeah. talking to people and I'm like, I think I have gone down a side path here. Yeah. Um, yeah. how do you take, like, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before I hit record yeah. and like this industry is nuts. And there are definitely like certain brands that are very well known for being, highly successful in this space. Um, but one of the ways that they became so successful is through like really like hustling and just working 24 seven. Um, and I know that that's something that you are hoping to be intentional about. So how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you look at the people who, um, are kind of the epitome of success in this space and say like, yes, that's amazing for them, but I need to be slower and more intentional about how I go about this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, this one strategy that I have is it can be helpful in like every area of our life, which is like remembering that this is just one really long day. Like instead of thinking about it in like weeks and months and quarters and years, just this is one really long day. I have some things I'd like to do by the end of the day. Um, And every day I'm just going to move a little bit closer or, you know, the term like moving the dial, like a little bit every day. in this industry, uh, I think it's natural. Like you look for people who are successful because you're like, how do I get there with as least effort, um, loss of money, mistakes. Like we look to other people because we're like, they figured it out. So I'm not gonna just try and do something. I don't know what I'm doing. And so there is this like gravitation to try and like mimic what you see. Um, And I think that that is helpful um, in the beginning, uh, but kind of what you and I talked about is like, you may come up against a point where you realize like, but that's not my way. Like that way just won't work for me because of my circumstance, because of the time in my life, because that's just not how I show up best in the world. And and so I think like sometimes the best thing to do is just mute it. Just just don't look at it. Just don't look at the things that um, confuse your direction and get really uh, 
deep into like your own sense of how you want to show up in the world and trust that there is a way to be yourself and be successful in whatever your business is. Um, we talked a little bit about this. Like there are some, some businesses I really admire and it's incredible the things that they've, they've done in such a short time. And like, yeah, I want that success. Yeah. I want, I want a hundred thousand followers and I want, you know, this, this lifestyle that seems really exciting, but then I sit with myself and I, I ask the honest question, which is like, are you going to do what they did? Like, do you really want to do what they did? And how are you going to feel doing what they did? And there's, there's no judgment of what they did, except that like, I know myself and I have burnt myself out so many times going hard. Like part of the reason why I love that Confetia has this like, like anti-hustle vibe to it is because I, my body is much older than it should be at this point in my life because I've pushed her so hard through all my other businesses. And I'm just not willing to do that anymore for business success. I have to trust and believe that like there is a way for me to follow um, in, in the things that feel the least resistance um, that will click with other people. And I have to show up to my business in that way because I'm trying to get other people to buy into that idea. So it, it kind of like is this full circle thing. Like, am I, am I being my brand? If my brand is about taking care of ourselves and, and being intentional and, you know, good quality moments and good quality conversations. Um, and so I think like that's been really helpful. And, you know, we, we talked about this too. Like um, if you're not passionate, then it's going to be really hard to keep going up the hill. And anyone who's ever been in business knows it's a hill. It's a hill forever. It's a forever hill. Because even if you're getting up a hill and you're feeling like pretty good up there and you feel like you're at the top, somebody else is coming along. Someone else is coming along to take your spot at the top. Um, things are going to shift. The world is going to change. Customers are going to decide we don't want that kind of thing anymore. Or you have to be this or we won't buy you. Like so many things are going to change. And so uh, you really have to be excited about the way that you're showing up to your business, not just the product. Like you could be excited about your product forever, but the method that you're using to share it is not um, fueling you, right? Yeah. I really resonate with that idea that you were saying that it's always like an uphill battle. Like I remember when I had Boho, I was always kind of saying like, if I can just get over this next hill, right? If I can just get over this next hill, then that is when I will find the success that I've been looking for. And you kind of spoke to like this idea of burnout. And like, I, I got to that point as well. Like I got so incredibly burnt out because you are really just like constantly chasing, chasing, chasing that next hill and thinking that everything is going to suddenly magically somehow be perfect once you crest that hill. And like it, I, I, a hundred percent feel what you're saying about your body being older than what it should be because that burnout does take a toll. And I think that a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we don't really realize it. Like entrepreneurs, when we are in our twenties or in our first business, we are out to like win. Like we are just like out there being like, eat the world, like do the thing, let's do it. Right. And that mentality, like you don't think that it's taking a toll on you, but it does. It does. Over time, you get more and more stressed out. You get more and more burnt out. It affects like all of the systems in your body in ways that you can't possibly know until like literally years later. And it's just like, it's really just not a healthy way to be. 
And so I do think that there are seasons in our business where we need to perhaps work a little bit harder. We're taking on something new. Maybe there's a a few extra hours that are put in, but it shouldn't be like that all the time. And I think that's the point where most entrepreneurs get to is that you're constantly just like working 12 hour days, 15 hour days and not thinking anything of it because at some point it just becomes normal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, one thing to remember also is like, even when things are good and they're exciting and th- and you're getting these like great deals and things like that's still exhausting on your body. Like, like it's yeah. whether the adrenaline is because things are going well or because you're scared, like it's still a lot on your body to be in this like intense zone all the time um, and not have real rest, like, like really rest. <laughs> right. For sure. And I, I feel like that's actually really hard for people to figure out, like, how do I, actually truly genuinely rest like there are for me anyways there's very few things in my life that I can point to where I'm like this for me is actually like genuinely restful and so how like how have you figured that out for yourself yeah I'd say I haven't (laughs) like like there are certain things like for me nature is a big one like just going for a walk or like driving to the beach um I think giving myself permission to have like um free days or free half days where it's like nothing is expected of me like no meetings no calls like whether it's turning off technology um just having those times where like I feel like my business doesn't own me I think that's how I find rest which is like how do I explore the other things that I care about that are interesting to me um as a human being and that can be so hard because entrepreneurship is really about like you you grew something from yourself and you care about it. Like it's, you know, a child in your life or, or a partner or something like that. And so there is this, uh, the sense of like neglect or I should really do a couple things. And so I think for me, rest is just giving myself permission, um, to ignore the business, like whatever it's asking for rem- remembering, like I can still say no, like I can, I can say no to the business. I'm not dealing with you today or right now. And I'm picking me first. Um, and that's really helped me in like every area of my life is just, um, to not feel like anything other than my own needs are top priority. And like, if, if you don't do something for a day, things are probably going to be fine. If you don't do something for three days, it's probably still going to be fine. Like, I think like playing with that and maybe you start with just like a half day or something and you just see like, okay, everything was fine. Like I didn't get back to everybody within the moment that they messaged me or I didn't reach out to five people today. And again, I'm not trying to encourage like, um, like inactive or like not working hard, but just, I know from my own experience that when you go too hard, your work is just not as quality. The the ideas that you have just aren't as, as brilliant. Like when you can go to the beach and wander around and think about the world in its like entirety, instead of like, I got to invoice these people or get back to this one. You think of ideas that are going to make your life so much easier and move that dial um, faster and in more impactful ways, I think as well. Yeah. I feel like I honestly always have my best ideas when I'm at the beach specifically, but like when I'm resting in general, because you can, I feel like it takes you letting your mind like rest a little bit and gaining perspective. Like for me, perspective has been huge in terms of my mental health, in terms of running my business in a more authentic way, in a way that like 
really portrays who I am and what I want to be doing with my business. Um, and like, I can gain perspective in a number of different ways, right? Like I can, like you were saying, go to the beach, be out in nature. I can talk to other people too. I find that just having really high quality conversations with like-minded people that really helps to open my mind up to what could potentially be possible for my business. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to go back to, you had mentioned that there is a big difference between being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I think I've never really done business. Like, like I, I think through Cassette, because the margins are so small, because there's so much overhead, because like the numbers are just scarier with a food-based business. Like it just, it just, it put me in a, a place where I was like, I, I can't just like wing this. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying coaching was ever winging it but it was a very natural thing for me. Like it was a very easy thing for me to grow a coaching business because it um, utilized skills that I had been building my whole life. Um, and so it was easier to put myself in positions that helped me to connect with people that I could serve. Um, whereas now it's like, I have to think about the numbers above the relationships. And so entrepreneurship to me is someone comes up with an idea or a service or a gift to the world and they act on that and create an opportunity for it to exist and for people to exchange with that gift. Whereas business to me is really more um, tangible and like uh, there's, there's a plan and it's being acted upon and it's being reviewed and there's systems and there's processors and there's um, there's structure to it. And I think a good business is a business where someone who's not in the business could step into the business and understand what's going on. I've met so many entrepreneurs, myself included. I, I've had, you know, lots of my friends joke about how their other friends say like, what does Jenna do? Like, there's many times people could not step into my businesses in the past and know what is going on here, um, including myself. I couldn't, I couldn't describe whether I was making a profit. I couldn't tell you about Mark. I couldn't tell you anything. Whereas uh, now that I'm in this type of a business, uh, my more energy is put towards making it um, as though someone, if something happened to me, someone could step in and the business wouldn't fall apart, right? So I, I think that's the, the difference to me, like the, the books I'm reading now, the, the people that I'm having conversations with, the mentors that I have, um, I'm not looking for someone to inspire me or keep me motivated. I'm looking for someone to tell me, how do I do this so that this is sustainable um, and it continues beyond me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it is like an important distinction as well, right? Because I think there are a lot of really creative people out there that have really great ideas, but then just like yourself and just like me in the past as well, like you're kind of like, cool, like what, how do I actually do this thing? Right. Like when I started Boho, same thing, like I was kind of forced into that situation where I was like, I had quit my job to start, start a health food bakery because I loved food. I loved making healthy food that actually tasted good. I loved sharing it with other people and like bringing joy into their lives with the food I was creating. And so I knew that I could make a great food product and I knew that I could share that great food product, but everything else I had, I had no idea. Like even the term overhead, I was complete. I didn't know that term for probably like a solid year into my business. And then I was like, wait, why am I not making 
any money at this. Like why I'm selling a product for more than it's costing me to make. Like what actually is going on here that like, I'm still in a deficit every month, like what's happening. And so I think it's like, it's really challenging when you get into it. And I think also, especially when you are in a products business, a food business, like especially, um, it can make you feel like you're failing at it. Like I know for myself, I felt for years, literally years and years and years, I thought that I was failing because I wasn't able to turn a profit. And it wasn't until I was probably like four years into my business, like a really long time that somebody was like, oh no, like it's supposed to be like this. Like this is what having a food business looks like. Like you have to invest for a really long time before you see any profit come back to you. And so like, I just found that to be astonishing. So have you had moments then in your, in your business, like in Confetia, I guess, especially where you just felt like I am failing at this. Like I felt like I was spectacularly failing at it. Have you Mm -hmm. felt like that? I, I think the only, um, gift I have where I haven't felt that as much is just like, I have failed so many times. Like I've had so many, (laughs) I've had so many businesses that just never really, went beyond a website. Like I just, I've had so many ideas in my life where I tried something and then I just sort of realized like, you can't take on another thing or like, you're really not going to give it its all. And so, um, that, and I think the perspective of, I knew that, um, like yourself, like it takes years. Like I, I had that going into it, that like, I was not expecting a profit for a long time. My, my, um, goal was really like, just try to make it to three years, like try to make it to three years. And, and, and if you, if you're seeing the growth that can indicate profits will come great. Um, so I think that that was helpful. I, I think I've definitely had moments though, where I was like, that was really dumb, Jenna. Like you did something really dumb. Like, like you'd order, you know, thousands of bags and nobody else needs those bags or Cafetia bag for Cafetia's company. And like something's wrong on the bag. And you're just like, well, that was dumb because any profit is now gone through these bags and they're just useless or something. Um, or, you know, uh, yeah. So I've had a lot of moments where I'm like, you weren't prepared. Um, you didn't, you didn't know how to do this. So a lot of those moments where I, I, I don't remember that feeling of, um, yeah, like, like just like the unkind talking about like, you're, you're, you're too new in this. You, you know, you're not ready for this, but I, I think I also just, I don't know, maybe it's the coaching. Like I just, if somebody else has figured this out, I can figure, there's no reason why I can't figure this out. I'm not not special. And those people aren't special. We're all special in our own ways, but um, there is a way to figure this out. And I just have to keep looking. And every one of those mistakes, we talked about one like off camera, you know, they may cost a lot of money and they may make you feel like, oh, I was getting so close to the profit. And now I'm like behind, but you you know, earlier, the earlier the mistakes I find the better. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do kind of look at this whole thing as it's just a game I'm trying to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out like, what's this puzzle? Um, you know, every day there's a challenge I didn't even know was a challenge. Like I really appreciate that you had, you know, admitted to not knowing what overhead meant because it's taking me so long to understand what is margins. Like, what is that? Like, yeah, I see the formula. Yes. It's, people ask me all the time, what's your margin? And like, I could repeat the number that like I had figured out, but like, I still didn't 
I couldn't use it in a way where like I really it it was natural for me to know what I was saying and and I think that that's a big um that's a big hurdle because you want to sound confident because it's your business and you're the one that people are coming to but the language there's there's so much language and then there's all these abbreviations like you know FIFO I'm like what's FIFO it's like first in first out okay where does that apply like there's just there's so many and people just you know um throw them even CPG like for so long I was like like, what does that stand for? Like, I know I'm a CP, but what is like, so I think, you know, anyone listening to this, like that, that, you know, uh, dictionary on its own for this industry or any industry uh, is going to take time to understand and see it in action and have it like apply to you. Um, So really that student mindset, I think is, is so important to business. Like, always be thinking like a student and, and studying and trying to understand things and asking questions. This industry is like notoriously terrible for using acronyms that literally no one knows what it means. Like I remember being in my first meeting with um, a grocery buyer and I was like, it was super early. I was like six months into my business. I was nowhere near ready to be meeting with this guy. And he started asking me questions like, what's your MOQ? And I was like, I sorry, I don't know what that means. And he was like, are you willing to pay listing fees? And like all of this stuff. And I was just so lost mm-hmm. and it feels embarrassing, right? When you right. are trying to have a conversation with someone and you don't know those terms, but you're absolutely right. Like, how are you, you're not going to know what you don't know. Like, how are you absolutely. expected to know that stuff when you enter into this industry or really any industry, you have to give yourself that grace to like, to learn it. Right. And to be new and to be a beginner. Um, I guess though, like, so I will share with you and I guess with the audience that I am considering doing something, um, totally new and adding something totally new to my roster, but it's kind of terrifying. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit scary because, when you put yourself out there, like you put yourself out there for other people's judgment. Right. And Mm -hmm. so there is this piece of like, when you try new things, you might be judged harshly by other people. Other people might look at me and what I'm planning on doing and be like, why, who is she to do that? Like, why would she do Mm -hmm. that? Right. So tell me about all of those websites that you launched And that you just like <laughs> shut down a couple seconds later because you were like, this doesn't, do- it doesn't work. It's not right for me, whatever it was. How did you have the courage to just do it and, and not worry so much about what other people are going to think about the next new thing you're tackling? <clears throat> so a couple of things. One is um, if, if you already don't have people around you that, cheer you on regardless like though that I think has helped me a lot there have been so many friends who are like I don't know what you do are you still do you still have that clothing company do you still do that like vegan drive through like and I'm like no and they're like that's so Jenna like I think that it's also just like I the character that people kind of attach to me is somebody who's just going to try things um what has helped is that my response to failing has been um humble. It's been, uh, I haven't tried to hide it. I haven't tried to excuse it. I haven't tried to say like, oh, it's because of this. Like I just, I go into it with my heart and I think what I'm doing is of value. I'm excited for this to be in the world. I think people will really like this. And when it comes to a moment where 
because also, you know, that thing you, you touched on about like people being like, who are you, you to do this? Um, so when I first started doing Cafexia and I would be like doing a demo. So I'd be like at a store and I'd be like serving little things of coffee or I'd be like at a market and people would come to me who had like taken my coach training. Um, I had this moment where I was like, what are they going to think of me? Like now I'm serving coffee and like, it's, there's nothing wrong with serving coffee, but like people who serve coffee help the world go around. Right. But there was this moment of like, are they going to, do they think like I like lost my life and now I'm, I've just reverted to something that like takes no brain or like, I just started to think of all these judgmental things, which aren't fair to anybody on this planet um, or myself, which was like people seeing me in a, in a spot where I thought they would compare it to who I used to be. And that had a lot to do with how my own internal stuff had been over the last few years. Um, the other thing though, I would say to you is that uh, there are so many things I've done and people don't care. Like, like, I think we always think people care, uh, but most people don't care about anything we're doing. Um, and so like, if you can just remember that like people will either like not care or they'll forget or like whatever happens, um, if it doesn't work out, like, you know, you know, you followed something that was important for you to follow. Like, like the other day I was like, whenever I watch people doing like hip hop choreography, like dance, I get, I feel like super like full in my body. And I'm like, I think I should, I should be one of those people. And so I like put on a video and I was like, no, I just, I really don't want, I really don't want to do this. Like I, I like it. It jazzes me up, but like, it's not going to be me, but like good for me for facing it and seeing it. And, and that attitude I think will help. And I, I think, you know, um, there are some people, I don't know if you would think of yourself as like a perfectionist or you try to make sure things are polished before you release into the world, but there is something really beautiful about sharing something when it's not done and saying like, hey world, like, what do you think about this? Um, I mean, probably when you were doing boho bars, like you probably had people sample the bars, right? Like you probably had a bunch of sampling, right? Before you released it. Um, yeah. When you were doing a new packaging, you probably had people look at packaging before you invested thousands of dollars. Like, um, if you had distributors, you probably like asked people around, like, what do you like? So I think, you know, this is a different industry for you, but you've actually done these things before, which is just like sharing a little bit of something, seeing how people respond to it, catering it if you need to. Um, and just like, you know, being more proud of yourself for trying something than not. And we also know that like, if something's in you and until you like tend to that desire, it will not go away. Like, you have, you have to tend to that desire and see like, what am I supposed to learn from this? Like, I don't, I don't know what you're coming out with, but say you came out with some new like workshop or a series or something. And it just like totally flopped. There'll be things within that, that you learned. Maybe you learned how to like run online courses or, or maybe you got a better microphone or maybe you learned, I don't like uh, working with 10 people. I want to work with a thousand people or one person at a time. So I think just, just, yeah. Have, have, a, have a list of phrases that you will tell yourself when you have those moments of like, who am I? To remind yourself who you are. Um, and you don't need everybody to like you or love you or buy your, your product. Um, you probably don't need thousands of people or even hundreds of people. Um, yeah. I think that one thing that I'm taking out of what you're saying is that it has to be more important to you to do the thing that is in you that like you know you need to try doing than it is to lean into all this ego stuff and to worry about like what other people are thinking of you and 
it's exactly what you were saying. The thing I'm planning on doing, I'm like, I think people have a certain idea of who I am and I want to try doing this other thing over here. And I'm really worried that they're going to say like, that's not like that's beneath her or like, that's not as good as like what she typically would be doing. And it's wild too, because I had the same fear when I started Boho, right? Because I was going from like a corporate job into having a health food bakery at a farmer's market. And I think the thing that got me over the hurdle then was exactly what you were saying. It's like recognizing that Sure. You know what? There might be people out there that say like, oh, she's got like a farmer's market bakery. Ooh, she sure has fallen down a couple notches. Like there, there might be people that say that, right. But it's more important for you to do the thing that you actually care about and you really want to try Cause you're right. It's not going to go away. This thing mm-hmm. keeps, it keeps coming up for me like over and over and over again. And I keep seeing like kind of signs everywhere that like, Nicole, you have you have to try doing this. Like this is something that you have wanted to do since you were a kid. And like, you really should lean into it and just try it. Um, So I think it is really important to have that like push of being like, do the thing anyways, like even though people might talk crap about you, right? Yeah. And like, when it comes down to it, do we really want to live in a world where people judge people for selling something at a farmer's market? Like, what a great world that would be if if we judge success more on something like that than some sort of like job that has corporate in it, right? And we both know because we both shifted the kinds of things that we do and the, and the people who are around us. Um, and, you know, like I, I spent most of my career talking intimately with people about what they want to do with their life. And I know that like most people wish that they could follow the thing that they can't stop thinking about. And the sad reality is most people will die having not done those things. They will miss the timeline. They will not be in a place where they can do it anymore. They will have spent too much time doing something else, worrying about something else, creating a mindset that actually prevents them from being able to do it. And, you know, for those, like I was listening to something this morning about like leadership and how you know, leadership is the ability to influence others to do hopefully good things, right? And if, if you follow even this thing that's like been in your heart since you were little, or you're, it doesn't even align, but like, you're showing the people around you that you care about that, like, you're willing to um, follow your own heart, then like, someone else will. And we both know that as, as entrepreneurs, people have said to both of us, and many times, I'm sure, like, because you did this, I did this, right? Like, you inspired me to do this. And that's the, that's like the biggest gift we can give of our life. And it's the biggest compliment, I think, to like following our own heart, which is like, oh, someone saw that I was following my heart and, and they may follow theirs. Um, and that's really the world that we, we want to live in. Yeah, for sure. And I know that like a part of what you are trying to do is just like make the world a better place kind of in general, right? Like I know, I know this about you and you are honestly, the, the person that I would point to, if someone was like, who is it that actually like wants to change the world immediately? Like you would come up in my mind. That's very kind. Thank you. Yeah. It's just true, Jenna, like honestly. And so I guess I wonder where does that come from? Like, has that always been inside of you? You know, I think about this a lot because I'm a, I'm a very like sensitive person and it's been, it's taken a long time to like admit that and be like, that's a, that's a quality I have, not like a deep, like a, something that's like not helpful. Um, 
I have always just been really concerned about like the suffering of others. And I, I don't know, I, you know, from a very young age, like I did, I was listening to Tony Robbins when it was on like on cassette tape. Like I just gravitated to words that were inspiring. Um, I did mention, you know, I was a high school dropout when I was probably 13 or 14. Like I was very depressed for years, like suicidal depressed and um, didn't do a lot. I, and, and my mindset was really um, unhealthy. It was very dark. And um, my depression really stemmed from like feeling like there's so much suffering in this world. And like, I am just adding, like, it just, it felt like I, you know, the world's collapsing and there's people on the street and I was so young and I, I didn't understand how all these things fit together. Um, and I sort of made this pact with myself. Like, I hope this isn't too dark for your podcast, but like, um, if you're not going to kill yourself, then like you need to max maximize your living. Like you're not gonna, you're not going to have anything either. Just get, just get this over with and stop dragging yourself and everyone around you into this dark place. Um, or you're going to figure out what you need to do to, to live to the max. And so you may have noticed uh, recently, you know, I've, I've been speaking a lot about death and I've had a lot of friends reach out and be like, are you okay? Like, is something happening with you? And, um, you know, when I start to talk about death, it actually means like I'm in a really good place because like our, like we get to do this once, as far as we know, we get to do this once, like you as Nicole who had Boho and this podcast and the people and you're like in London, Ontario, like we get to do this journey once. And, um, I want to know that like I used up everything and part of that everything is my heart, like my capacity to love and to care and to, you know, instigate something in someone else. Um, and so, you know, I, I care a lot, but I, I really want other people to see the power that they have to change each other's lives. And through Cafexia or anything I do, like my favorite moments are the moments where like we cry together because we've, we've touched something in each other. We found a, a different layer of vulnerability. Um, you know, we've had an experience that lingers with us forever. You know, I want people to think about um, themselves as change makers, no matter how small, right? And so I, I do really try to live that and I'm not perfect. And, you know, I have, I have just as many like, you know, thoughts and challenges and judgments and privileges and like all the things that make being a human complicated. Um, but I think from a very early age, I sort of was on a mission. <laughs> like, I think I decided what my mission was, which is like to make the world a better place um, and to make people feel like they're a part of that better place, right? And, and as time's gone on and, you know, you've been introduced to other people who do great things in this world, you realize that common conversation about like, we all want to feel like we matter. And it's not that hard to, to help people see that they matter. And the more we feel we matter, the more good we do. So yeah, I feel, I feel very fortunate. I found myself with coffee because coffee, it just like, I, it, it isn't just coffee. It really feels like there are grains of coffee, like within all of us. Um, and I'm very excited about like how that messaging can be used, uh, to also grow our business because I don't, I don't want to grow our business to make loads of money. I want to grow our business so that people are healthier, so that people have better senses of community and connection with each other. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to be selling something because I live in this world where I need money to survive. Um, so I'm excited that I found myself in a place where what I can sell can actually make everyone's day better um, and hopefully be like a trickle effect there. 
That's incredible. Like it's so um, admirable that you are wanting to make that change for people. And I think like being an entrepreneur and being a business owner, it really does sometimes get a bad bad rep as just people who want to make money off of you, right? Who want to sell you a product or sell you a service and make a ton of money. And then you see like these CEOs, you see the like Elon Musk of the world, you know, and the Jeff Bezos of the world, and they have so much money. And you're just like, why is that necessary for you to have so much money? And, and so I think that sometimes people look at entrepreneurs as like greedy people. And so I think it's really incredible for me when I meet another entrepreneur, that's like, no, like, of course I'm doing this to make money to an extent because I have to pay for my life and I have to pay my bills and I have to put food on my table. But also like, I actually want to make a difference in this world and into, in people's lives. Right. And it's like, there are so many different ways that you can do that. And I, I just think it's really cool that you are utilizing that product that you have to express that message and to get that message out there to more and more people that like, we can slow down, we can be intentional, we can have community and like, we can kind of come together in order to make the world a better place in general. Right. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I do want to go back to, um, you were mentioning the, the death thing because I actually find this really, really interesting. So I was listening to a podcast. Um, this was months ago now, but I, I heard somebody say that people who think about death, um, frequently are actually the happiest people because it puts your life into that perspective that you were talking about, right. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. you can actually look at the end of your life and say like someday in the future, I will be, you know, hopefully in my nineties and I'll be on my deathbed and I need to be able to look back on my life and say like, did I live a life that I can be proud of? Right. Did I do the things that I wanted to do in this life? Did I make a difference? Did I like contribute and all of those things? And so, um, I actually find it really interesting. I've never looked at this before, but there is an app for people who are interested in this. There is actually an app that will tell you every day it'll pop up on your phone. And it literally says you are going to die someday. And it (laughs) does it. Apparently there's research to show that it actually makes you a happier person. Absolutely. I totally, I totally believe that I, so, so one of the businesses, I wouldn't say it failed. I just didn't do much with it. Um, was essentially helping people, like in a coaching sense, like plan their funeral in that, like, you know, if coaching is helping someone move from point A to point B, and if like the ultimate B is actually your funeral, um, you know, what do you want people to say about you? Like, if you want people to say, you know, you're an inspiring leader, then like, what do you need to be doing today? So that when, when your death comes, they can say that, like, what do you need to show for that? Like, and really thinking like what matters at the end, because I think, you know, we've all seen, um, these articles or or videos where, you know, at the end of our life, the things that we really matter to us are probably, you know, we don't wish we were in the office more hours. We don't wish, you know, like all these things that we like spend so much time doing don't matter in the end. So the idea was like to take people on this, like, you know, internal experience of like, it's your funeral. What do you want people to say? Um, What would you have had to do? And um, I absolutely, like, I, I, if you spend time with me, if you've been to any workshop, like I always bring up, like, we're all dying, like we're all dying. None of this matters. And I don't mean none of this matters. I mean like this, but like this really doesn't matter because think of all the people who have come to this planet 
who have lived and died and we don't know them and the trails that they've left, they may have influenced and impact, but like really at the end of the day, if, if we launch something and nobody, you know, it's all crickets and no one cares or someone makes fun of us, like that doesn't even matter because like, this is so temporary. Um, but, you know, I think as, so one of the things that I'd like to nurture on the side of Cathetia, which is like unrelated, which is like, um, is talking about death. Like I'm hoping this year to launch, like to sell my first book and it's gonna be all about like writings about death. I'd like to go on a tour that's called like, we're all gonna die. And like, I just imagine having like audiences of people and we just talk about death and we just all leave feeling so grateful, like so full. Like, you know, if you if you, if you you think about the fact that um, every person that you know there will be a time where that was the last time you saw each other. Like you and I, Nicole, one time you will die or I will die. And the last time we saw each other was the last time we saw each other and none of us know. So every time I see somebody, I'm like, this could be the last time I see this person. I, I will die or they will die. Maybe I'll see them again next week or five months from now. But, you know, at this age, like we know so many people and our lives are so busy that most people we know, we might not actually see again isn't that crazy? Like, that's so crazy to think about that. Like, if you know, 500 people, you like, there could be 400 of them, you never actually see again in real life, before you die, or they die. Um, And so like, that can be that can be like, really heavy, like, sometimes I feel really heavy about this stuff. But I also definitely maximize the things in my life, because I, I feel like I could die. And every, everything that you do, someone died doing that. Someone died making their smoothie in the morning. Someone died in the shower. Someone died on their way to pick up their partner from work. Someone died in their sleep. Someone died, like someone died doing everything we do. So, yeah. I I think it's like, it would make it so much more meaningful. The interactions that you have with those people. Like if you were to keep that in mind that, this might be the last time that I get to talk to you, Jenna. Right. And like, hopefully not, but like it could be. And if it is, then what is it that I want to convey to Jenna? Right. And I think most times it probably for most people, I imagine it would be some sense of like love and, and caring. And the fact that like, I appreciate that you exist and I appreciate what you're bringing into the world and what you're doing for me and for my life and for my audience. And like, I think that it gets missed so often because we feel embarrassed about saying it. Mm -hmm. And so you don't necessarily express those feelings to people on a regular basis because you just kind of, and maybe you want to, but you maybe just think like, well, like someday along the line, like I will be sure to tell like my dad, how much I care about him and how much Mm -hmm. his influence has impacted my life. But it's like, if you don't take the opportunity to do it now, there might not be another one. Right. And so I feel like it would push you into living like life more meaningfully. Yeah. Yeah, I will say like, it can be really awkward and embarrassing. And some people, you know, like, I really love my dad. That's one person. It is hard to share my feelings because we just have never had that. And so like, I'm, I'm pushing myself a little bit more and a little bit more. And sometimes I just email him because I, I, I can't seem to say it in person. Maybe the feelings are too big um, or I don't want to make him feel awkward or something. But uh, it's great because today with technology, there's so many ways that you can communicate this stuff that kind of give you that barrier of discomfort um, that you might not be ready for. 
Yeah. I, I love what you were saying too, about the shrinking of the self. Right. And so like having that perspective that like, this stuff doesn't matter like this, what we're talking about conveying love to other people that does matter, but like whatever it is that you are focused on right now, like I'm sure everybody listening probably has at least one thing in their lives that they are feeling anxious about or worried about or stressed out about. And if you really think about that thing, really, truly does it matter? Right. And, and I think it's just, we, we have so much anxiety about sometimes like the smallest, most like really insignificant things when you think about it. And so that's something that I find really, really helps me a lot. So for instance, this year I started teaching and I never thought that I would, I never thought I would be a teacher. Like I public speaking for most of my life was something I was terrified to do. And it wasn't until like probably three or four years ago that I even started doing it. And so I like, I can literally stand in a room of like 2000 people and deliver a workshop and not break a sweat. But for whatever reason, standing in front of this group of like young adults every week makes me so nervous. And so I think for me, it really helps to take that step back and say like, okay, does this really matter? Like if I was to stumble on my words, if I was to say the wrong thing or, you know, just mess up in some sort of way, does that actually matter? Not really, because as long as the students are walking away with some sort of learning from what I've, what I've taught them, that's what matters. Right. And so I needed, I think I just needed that perspective shift and it really does make a big difference. Right. Yeah. Isn't it funny how like different demographics or groups of people or even environments just make us they make us feel different than other ones like I, it, especially with public speaking like it's, it, that's a really good example because on based on the dynamic some people can be shine they can shine they can be their best self and others there's this yeah this fear feeling of judgment or something and so maybe it's even bringing you back to like your own moments as a student or something like that or how you think students think Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely the case, right? For sure. So, um, Jenna, then your experience with being an entrepreneur slash also business owner, um, (laughs) what would you say would be your best piece of advice to people who are just getting started? So the one thing, so I, I was really fortunate. I've worked with like hundreds of coaches who started a coaching business. And the one thing that I have seen happen probably more in almost all cases is this. Someone starts a business because they're passionate about the thing that they're going to share or serve to other people. They go along, they're really excited. And then the reality of like, I am depending on myself for an income hits them or they're not getting the numbers they thought or the responses, something something's not happening in the way that they saw it happening, or there's a heaviness coming from somewhere. And all of a sudden they shift their energy to sales, to getting people to buy, to like this, this, um, like, I don't want to use the word grabby, but this like urgent need to grip and, um, to, to create something that is not actually what they started. And that in so many cases has been the downfall of so many incredible people who have so much to offer. 
is they get stuck in that space and they can't get themselves out and they do it for too long before asking for help or for, or before like remembering why it is they did what they did. And, and then their business falls apart because the energy is just not there. And so if you're just getting started, write a letter to yourself. Imagine yourself three months in, six months in, whatever, whatever it is, just imagine yourself down the road in a really hard moment and what you would want yourself to remember. And, and try, if, you're, if you've already gone in too far and you're starting to feel like, why am I doing this? Then try to remember what you felt when you first did it because that's, that's the, the purest, cleanest, most authentic of energy around your business. Um, and that's what you want people to feel. And we are very sensitive animals. We can feel when other monkeys are, you know, trying to push something on us or their energy is, is grabby. We feel it, whether their words are not saying that or not. And so whatever your business is, like you have to come from a place that feels comfortable for other people. And the way to get to that is to always be leading from the intention of why you started and the outcome you want to create. The middle is going to be tough no matter what. Knowing that going into it is really important. Um, we can look to other people and think, wow, that happened really fast for them. Or like, I'm just going to do what they did or I'm better than them. So like, this should be easier. Whatever it is that we tell ourselves to get ourselves to start. Um, but knowing that like, it's going to be a challenge, accept the student mindset, um, look at every challenge as an opportunity to grow and that that growth is actually going to serve people better, which will result in, you know, more sales or, or more customers or whatever it is. Um, but really having that conversation and writing a letter to yourself can, can save you so many times, or even like, you know, if you made videos when you first started your, your business and you're like, Hey, I'm really excited. Like, this is what, like watch her or him or they like go back and look at that person and be like, okay, like I can still, I, there is that person still in me. Um, I just have to reconnect to like what that person was so just about. That's such a cool tool to use. So to write a letter to yourself or even just go back and like watch the yeah. videos. I have personally gone back and looked at some of my social media posts from when I first started and being like, wait, what message was I actually like hoping to portray to my audience? Like what, what was the vibe? Right. Because I think we all do. Like I have absolutely gotten stuck in that cycle that you were talking about. Like, I think we all do because you're absolutely right. Like you, most of us start businesses because we want to do something cool, right? We want to do something cool. Mm -hmm. We want to be creative. We want to make a difference, like whatever that is for you. And then you're, you're totally right. Like it hits you. You're like, wait a second. I actually have to put food on my table. And so that means that I need to sell this product or get clients or what have you. And then you start to freak out and you're like, okay, cool. How am I going to do this? Okay. I'm going to like, try and ask everybody that I know to buy this thing. And it does, it devolves into, um, just selling, 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 selling constantly. And that is not, nobody wants to be sold to. And I think even as entrepreneurs, like that's not what we want to be doing, right? Like when you are yeah. just constantly selling, it feels inauthentic. Yeah. It feels like kind of gross, right? I would add one other thing. So like if, if the conversation in your own head is not serving you, then like get another conversation. So like whenever I'm going through like dips in my life, um, I turn to YouTube and I like watch the people and the voices that helped me long ago or that I keep returning to. Um, Mel Robbins is one that I love right now. Um, love Mel Robbins. Right, yes. like I just, 
Sometimes I just need a little Mel Robbins and then I can remember like, okay, Jenna Goodhand also says these other things. And then I go through my old notes and I find those sorts of things. But um, I, I think that that's real, a really important tool that we all have access to. Like if there's a problem, if we have a health problem, we go on Google and we look it up. If we have a mental problem, we should also go on Google and look it up. Like there's, there's not a problem that really is going to come up in any one of our lives that no other human has experienced and the solution is not on YouTube. Like, so that's, that's my second tool of suggestion and, and to, to move away from business stuff when you feel overwhelmed by your business. So I go to Mel Robbins because she's not telling me how to build my business. She's not telling me the metrics I need to meet. She's not pushing me hard. She's helping me with my mindset. And that's, you know, 80% of being successful in business is going to be um, your attitude about yourself and your business. So, um, you know, if, if you're going too hard, you're watching too many webinars, you've got too many, um, oh, someone used this great term the other day. Um, oh, like, I can't remember what it was. It was like almost like, you know, entrepreneurs do this all the time. We like gorge on information. Like we have notes and notes and notes of like all the and webinars and like our coach said, dude, we have so many things that like we're going to apply, but we're just, we cannot even, where do we even start? There's just so much. And so taking a step back from that, doing the basics to keep things going and getting your head to a better place. And then, and then picking one thing, just pick one strategy you think could be interesting follow it for three months, see what happens and then pick another one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think having that focus is really key as well, right? Like don't do yeah. everything. Don't try and do everything all at the same time because then you're just going to feel overwhelmed. And even if it's all like authentic to you and it's all mm -hmm. actually things that you want to be pursuing, if you try and do it all at once, like it's not going to end well, right? So <laughs> I think having that focus is key. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the goal is like, do as much as you can before you die, but like, don't kill yourself prematurely by like doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Um, so Jenna, if people are interested in learning more about you, learning more about Cafetia, where can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, Instagram seems to be where I live most days. Um, Cafetia coffee, I think is our handle. I should know what it is. Um, there is a number of Cafetia handles, which is another story, but, um, Cafetia coffee is, is us in North America. Um, and then good hand Jenna, if you want to be, uh, inspired by death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amazing. Which I think we all need a little bit of some of the time for sure. Um, thank you so much, Jenna, for being with us today and for providing so much amazing, like wisdom to the audience and for sharing all of your incredible ideas and thoughts. Um, I know everyone's going to get a lot from this podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for offering this to people. I, I mean, I wish I had something like this when I was just getting started. And I think these conversations are so important for other people to hear and hopefully it inspires them to like reach out to other people in their network to be like, Hey, you want to talk about this stuff together? It doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast. It can just be like our feelings around these things. And, um, in that we learn so much and feel less alone.